Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. Uh, we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So if you grab a globe, spin it around, put your finger down. With a little bit of luck, you won't be in blue, which is water. And if you're even luckier yet, you'll be in Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston, better known as H-Town. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. And this is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys on this faith journey and together. So we, we're so glad you're here. And we are also on SoundCloud, where all of our episodes, are, our podcasts are archived. We're on Facebook, and we're also on iTunes. One thing about this, uh, this is a chance for you to identify with four regular guys that are working through our faith. And we talk about stuff that you just can't talk about anywhere else. So <clears throat> we have a great panel today, <clears throat> and I'm going ahead and I'll just uh, introduce the fellows real quick. And we are in uh, Lesson 3. It's a Connect 360 is what we go through. This is Truth and Grace. And we're in John, the focal text is John 3, 1 through 21. The panel that we've got assembled today, he is a world-famous policy writer. He's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And we have, he's an attorney, but he's a prosecutor. He could defend you. Or he could throw the book at you, and he's going up against the A team this week, and he's going to knock it out of the park. So that we call him the judge. That's Mr. Michael Cropper, and he's a world class trainer, an intellectual. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu, and he's here. And you might have heard a name that you normally hear. He's not here. It's Deacon Kyle Trahan. And he, I've been assured that he's going to have a note from his wife, so it's it's an excused absence. So, but we're going to wait till we see that. So, so, so. why isn't he here? <laughs> he lost his voice, and he doesn't know more. He doesn't know Morse code. Either that, or his wife hasn't helped him find it. So, <laughs> so, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, Get a basic summary uh, of the lesson, and then what we we go around and have the fellas talk about it, and then what we do is we read the scripture, and then we have further discussion. And going to go ahead and start off with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Okay, this is we are in uh, one of the more famous and well-known uh, sections of the Gospel of John and the Bible in general, John three. And uh, the lesson is on chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. Of course, it includes the famous John 16. We talked about this only last October. If you go back to podcast 78, which uh, the date was October 24th, 2018, we talked about this in the context of the, the necessity of rebirth, and it was, in the, it was in the series on rescue and redemption. Same themes come up here. I'd like to uh, I'd like to take the back seat for most of the time because you got to hear you know, what I have to say about that. It's on that podcast. It's a it's a very personal uh, section of the Gospels for me. But we've um, we've been talking the last few weeks about uh, transformation, uh, transition, the moving of one from from one set of you call them rituals, you call them uh, thoughts, you call them uh, no. types of worships, or even, or even a mindset, a religious mindset, an, an understanding of God into something else. And that continues here. That theme continues here with this conversation of Nicodemus, who, of course, is a, uh, you know, a, a very well-respected rabbi on the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. Excellent. Judge. Yes, um... 
Steve alluded to it very briefly. It's about, about Nicodemus and when he comes to, to see Jesus. And I personally identify with that so much. And uh, again, when Bill reads the, the, the scriptures to you, it is a story about a man who believes in God, absolutely believes in God. Uh, and you'll hear the reference to Jesus when he says, we know you are of God. We know you're from God. You know you're with God. And also, I firmly believe he knew the scriptures backward and forward. He was a high leader in the, in the, uh, in the San, like you said, the Sanhedrin. I believe in God. I prayed to God. But I really didn't give my heart to the Lord until I was 19 years old. So I can identify him with it when, when uh, the scripture referred to this as being born again or born from above or born of the spirit, several ways it referred to it. And, uh, when, and finally I was confronted by someone said, you know, you need to give your life to the Lord and let him give you the rebirth of the spirit. And they called it, the, board, the Baptist called it born again. And uh, I did, and they were right. So I can, I can identify with the scriptures which you're going to read for us. And, and we're going to talk more about it. It's uh, very, very uh, good to me. Professor, so during John, I'm been I wanted to take kind of this time and discuss what was happening between where we left off in John and where we picked up again in John in Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So in reality, we finished with Jesus cleaning the temple, the first visit of the Passover. There's a little throwaway verse in verse two, uh, twenty. Three, or sorry, but twenty-four, twenty-three. Now, when he, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Then it goes into chapter three that we're going to discuss tonight. So there is no time between. This is literally that evening. It's at least during the Passover week, at a bare minimum. And so I kind of wanted to share a little bit. So I, I had kind of a personal journey last Sunday. I was not here worshiping at Sugarland Baptist where I normally worship. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of our listeners, they've heard me talk about I grew up Episcopalian, actually. And I took my mom, I picked my mom up. She moved out here last year and I took her to her church. She, she was still Episcopalian to St. Timothy's Episcopal Church in East Houston. St. Timothy's Episcopal Church was founded in 1982 and it was actually a merger of two congregations, one in Galena Park, All Saints Episcopal Church, that I, I've been pounding everything I can. I was trying to find when that church started. Near as I can remember from plaques and things in the church, that church started in the 1950s. They closed that one and merged it with the church called St. Simon St. Jude that was in the North Shore area and merged the two congregations together in 1982. Episcopalian polity a little different. So, at a bare minimum, this church had been in existence more or less since 1950s moving forward from my best memory. Um, I took my mom there because it was the closing service of that church. That church, there is nowhere in the North Shore area for anyone who is of the Episcopal denomination and faith to worship anymore. They closed the church. The people died, the demographic. You can make whatever excuses you want. I can make an argument that Episcopal polity and theology contributed to it. That's a different conversation. I, I want to kind of call all of our men out. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it on the line. So, Bill is on his right hand, and Steve and I have it on our foreheads. Today is Ash Wednesday. It begins the 40-day preparation for Easter, commonly referred to as Lent in the Catholic and other traditions. I want to call our listeners out over the next 40 days to be thinking, and us as men, to kind of throw things out over the next four to six weeks in podcasts, leading up to our 100 podcast, one podcast 94 tonight, that I'm not going to say we need to change the culture. That's not what this is about. But we as men have to step up and take a moment of faith or we won't have places to worship. We have to go out and reach people, make them understand what it takes to be part of a faith journey, and have them understand no matter what denomination, Assembly of God, Episcopalian, Catholic, Baptist, you know, no matter what it is, Pentecostal, we have to call people to a faith because we're getting to a culture now where faith is not important. 
And Steve and I have been reminiscing over the book Unchristian a little bit. And the impact of a culture, I was reading another guy that I follow on Twitter, and he's reading a book called Hitler's Monsters. And for Nazism to succeed, what it took was the throwing away of Christianity and the adoption of New Age, metaphysical, whatever you want to call it, parapsychology, I'll just call it flat out nonsense, to take over without a Christian influence in the world. And when that happened, you ended up with some of the worst evil the world has ever seen. And take this period of time, if you're a guy during Lent, reflect on, A, your personal journey with Christ and where you're heading, and B, reflect on what it's going to take. Like I said, this isn't about a culture change. I don't care what the culture is. I don't care who the president is. I just It's not important in the long run. What's important that we call people to a faith and to a faith in Christ. And, you know, I sat and watched my mom cry along with many, many people who I knew it was really fun because all the people I grew up with in high school at that church were all there. And we, we've all moved away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the reason the church died. We all mm-hmm. moved away. Yeah. But there are people that live in that church neighborhood who aren't involved in a church and who basically have a, a, a really nice fellowship hall, a really nice sanctuary, and one awesome barbecue pit with the building around it that does 40 briskets at one time, I might add, that is going to sit empty and not be used because people of faith have let the world tell us that faith doesn't matter. And it's, it's really time for us to really jump into that. So let's talk about John now. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for bringing it down. And I'll turn it over. I'll bring it down and then turn it over to Bill. <laughs> but, 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 but I will say this. The lesson today ties into that. Oh, no question about it. It, it, is, it is all about this. But, you know, and one thing about uh, what Robert was talking, and one of the main driving forces behind this man up is this. Men, you are a leader. Whether you lead or not, you're looked upon as a leader. Step forward. Accept that responsibility and lead. And... I will just super, super quick. You heard me mention awesome barbecue pit. My dad actually built the barbecue pit that's at that church. When that group of men that ran the barbecue and did all that, and I was talking with one of the guys that was there when we were both in high school, and we were talking about the best times we remember was hanging out there with our dads during the barbecue. My dad would get there Friday morning and not come home until Sunday afternoon because he would barbecue for three days straight. But that is the time that we all remembered as guys that that was the absolute positive best time we had was hanging out there with our dads. And that when that group of men died off, that's when the church died. Well, and but with you and like the the rest of the people that you were talking with, that set roots in oh. faith for oh, each for uh, each of those people. Our, our church, if y'all don't know, our church is doing a barbecue the Sunday after Easter. Easter right. and I've already been tapped to be cooking briskets for two days straight. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Up here, so I'm going to bring a St. Timothy's Episcopal but, apron for and, the weekend. And, and not, <laughs> not discounting that. No. And actually, because there is, there is, a, there is fellowship, there is, there is that gathering of, of Christian There's brothers and sisters. Some, what happens, and, and it's, it's sad, is that churches, and I don't, I'm not going to speak to Episcopal, your Episcopal church because I wasn't there, but I've been in, I've been in another church that, that went the same way. And it becomes a club. Mm-hmm. It becomes us. And yes, you forget the mission isn't inward. The mission is outward. outward. And in, in this, this is difficult. And, and, and because in Houston today, now, now those don't live here. Are, visitors from the north are always surprised when they come into Houston and they see how diverse it is. Absolutely, um, yeah. Especially they, here in Sugarland, right. where you have it's it's no longer a bunch of nice white Christian churches. It's, it's we've got we've got substantial 
uh, Indian, um, right. Indian, um, Asian Indian population, certainly Chinese, and certainly Middle Eastern and Mos. There's, there is a, um, and that, in addition to just a lot of immigration coming in, you, you have, in many ways, and, and I'm not speaking to this, we have a huge Latin American influx, and they are bringing, you know, they're bringing mostly Catholicism in it, but they're also bringing a certain lively faith into it. Uh, this is, this is where, the this is where the outreach is, and it, I'm not saying it's easy, but getting back to the man up portion, this is this is a time where we are honestly called to put aside our prejudices, put aside the the to, to, the church that we went to, where it was a bunch of white guys around a barbecue who could talk about the Astros. Uh, or the Colt 45s, or 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 is that time is is passing in a way? It's a transition, but that that underlying core has to be there, and it's it's hard to cross it's hard to cross cultures. It's hard to and and but it's a it's I think that's part of the man up mission well, now. Well, the that's man up that mission that there to, is to be able it's to our say faith that links us. to be able to say to be able to go across mm -hmm. and and. And worship with people who do not look like you. Yeah. Um, the, the difference is very simple. Instead of being interesting, be interested. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and that is that is for men. And and I can't I can't tell you how many men that we talked talked to. And just think about it. It's bred into our DNA. We study as hard as we can to get the best degree we can. We we work out as hard as we can to be the best athlete we can. And then we get the best job we can. Of course we feel, we were interested. We're interested in us. But it's not about us. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Being interested yeah. in yeah. others. Well, it's it's being interested in others and care. It, it's, it's caring, but it, it's also, once you get beyond interested in caring, has Christians together... It's that commonality of our faith mm -hmm. that ties mm -hmm. us together. I mean, we're a pretty diverse group, from the crazy Cajun that's not here tonight to a full-on power attorney to policy writer, trainer, director, sales guy, whatever you want to call it, actor. You know, we're a diverse, we are a hugely diverse group. Right. We're probably, you know, now I, I will be honest, we're all white, we're all middle-aged, middle-aged, um, but beyond that, the only thing that we all have in common is our faith in Christ. Right. You know, we have, we have some children ages in common somewhat. Steve and I have a weird love of Marvel together, mm -hmm. but it is really our love of Christ that is the tying bind that brings us together, and then you know, then you bring Earl in. <laughs> but, but well, I mean, you, you bring Earl. When, you bring Earl in when you have nothing else to say. Yeah, let him take but, over. But, it, but it's really, yeah. but it's recognizing that bind, that tie-in, that the commonality that we all share is the love of Christ, yeah. and the mm -hmm. faith, the, what Christian faith brings us. And having that together. But and one thing about this group of men is that they want authentic faith. Oh yeah. That's well, why they give that's why they give their time. And that is the that is what I feel like Nicodemus. Although yes. he, although he, <laughs> and I'm about ready to read, read. the scripture. Read, yes, yes, Beautiful transition. That's a great yeah. transition. Yeah. That, yeah, that is a great it. transition. <laughs> now there was a Pharisee named Nick. Oh, oh, you yeah, wanted me yeah, to do the yeah, break? Yeah. Do the hard yeah, break? I said do the hard break. Yeah. And then I'm gonna read it. And then we'll get it. All right, we'll yeah, go ahead. Well, hey, hey, okay. the, hey, the judge made a ruling. We're gonna go ahead. And, <laughs> we're gonna take the hard break. We're having a recess. <laughs> we're having a recess. <laughs> and, and as a matter of fact, I need I need a little recess to prepare, Judge. So, all right. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us.
deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up. Man Up Podcast 94. We're six away from the magical 100 podcast, and that's going to be special. So <clears throat> here with the professor, the judge, the gambler, my name is Bill, and we are in uh, Connect 360. This is Lesson 3, the source of eternal life, <clears throat> and this is John 3, 1 through 21. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who was born of the spirit." Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you about earthly things and you not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. What I was just alluding to before the hard break was, I see the similarity between Nicodemus and the, the fellas right here. He he was more than curious. He was willing to go out on a limb and meet Jesus at night to find out more about God. And he had already dedicated his life to God. Absolutely. And yet here and yet here he was. He was ambitious in deepening deepening his well, faith. And and I'm going to make a comment. So there's a lot been said about this passage. Oh, there's been so much said about Nicodemus and he snuck at night because he didn't want anybody to know what was going on and all that. I think he went at night because here's the deal. So from chapter 2, Jesus comes in, he clears the temple out. Mm-hmm. Then the little verse that I read, Jesus is obviously performing signs, miracles, and preaching kind of in the temple court and generating a lot of buzz, right. as it were. 
So, A, I think Nicodemus wanted to have a serious discussion with Personal Jesus. Time with and so you're not going to do that in the middle of the day with all the buzz going on around him. So I think he came there, and like you said, Bill, he I, I firmly believe he was seeking. Because he obviously, he saw something in what Jesus was doing that got his attention. He doesn't go to confront him. No, no, he no, 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 no. That's the other thing. Yes, he's not. He's not Caiaphas here. He's, right. he's going with a with a curious and open Spirit. heart, an open yeah. heart, and open mind. Yeah, he he wants to know what's going on, and and I think that's something that all men can relate to because we're all searching for something as men. You know, you, you talked about our drive to succeed. A lot of time for guys, that drive to succeed is actually our drive to. A, succeed, but also find the next thing that's going to make us happy and fulfill us. We graduate high school. Woohoo! Got to high school diploma. Go to college. Get the hot girl. You know, get, you know, get, the, get the cool car. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I used to always joke when I was in high school that I couldn't wait till I had a car. Because, man, once I got a car, I was going to have the women. Yeah. yeah, but that Pinto didn't do it, did it? Well, actually, I did better. So in, in one week, I got a girlfriend who was the star of the tennis team. Yeah. I got my braces off. Yeah, what did she look like? She was good luck. No. And she had she, a nice racket. She was the, Ooh. Potentially, she was an athlete, so yeah. And I got my first car, which was a Mercury Capri, which was the Mercury version of the Ford Mustang. All in one week. So I, I got one girl. I didn't get a bunch of women. I got a good car, but but it was it was. I was thinking in my head, this was what I needed to fulfill me. And then when it got there. It didn't fulfill me. No, that is not my current wife, by the way. <laughs> yeah. that, that girl and I broke up somewhere in college and moved on. But as men, we're always looking for something else. And I think Nicodemus had realized that the Jewish faith, in particular practiced as it was at that time, was all about a bunch of temple symbolism. And is this really what Jehovah Yahweh wanted us to be, or Elohim even? wanted us to have and be because you know that that crazy guy from Nazareth he had a point when he cleared the temple out that was kind of wrong for us to have that set up there you know it's amazing that you brought up rituals and symbolism and I'm sitting here looking at the uh, ashes on my hand when I was a kid and I saw the Catholics because I, the Mennonites didn't do it you know, yeah. and I saw that, and and I was curious about it, but it didn't necessarily mean anything. It wasn't it wasn't something that I was going to research or or anything. As I've gotten older, the stories in the Bible they're the same, but my outlook at them and what's important to me has changed as I've aged, and now the story behind the ashes and what Ash Wednesday means and as we start in Lent, those traditions and rituals mean more to me now. And, and right, as opposed with when you're when you're a child, but I think when you're a child you have to be exposed to it in order for later on in life for that to bring back any kind of meaning to you. And I think that's one of the reasons why as men we are to be leaders of our family so that when we are gone and we will be gone that's the whole message of today. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That from dust that you our, to dust you will return. Exactly that our families will identify with those rituals and it will remind them as well. Let's talk about that just for a second guys. We had some questions whether or not the people were actually saved who live in the Old Testament before Christ. And I firmly believe they did if their heart is on the Lord. In fact, David said over and over again in his Psalms, love the Lord with all your heart. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and because the, the reason I bring this is, up is, uh, um, let's see, 
Indeed, I think verse 17, that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If you look at that first glance, you think, oh, the only way I'm going to get saved is through Jesus Christ. Well, after Jesus Christ, the, the scriptures explain that, that Jesus is a light to the world, and he made it a entrance into the kingdom of God without having what to do with the sacrifices of the animals, right, guys? Without the traditions that you mentioned, without all the rituals, you just by faith come to God. You repent of your sins and you come to Him and ask Christ to come to your heart to guide you with the Holy Spirit. Whereas in the Old Testament, you had to do the rituals to come to God. Even if, if you love the Lord with all your heart, you still had the offer, the animal, sacrifice, animal sacrifices. You probably had to read the Torah or the Bible at that time, and you believed that. That's what you were taught by the Pharisees. So you had these traditions that you mentioned in order to walk and to, to know God. And, and so you look at Nicodemus, as y'all have pointed out, and that's what he knew. The only thing he could know is how do I get to how do I get to the kingdom of heaven? Something's burning in my heart. Something's drawing me closer to this man. He has something that I want or that I want to know about, like you guys said. And you got to wonder about Jesus's mindset when he saw Nicodemus. He obviously he knew who he was, and you know, and if he didn't know his name. His, what he wear and his bearing and probably the attendance he had with him at a minimum indicated, okay, this is somebody from the temple, what's going, you know. This is a ch- big deal. Yeah, this is one of the big guys. He's like getting a senator to see. The, yes. Right? yes. I mean, he was a, on the governing yeah. council. Right. He, he was an important person and you know he would wear right that but in in, in in actually good like like Franco Zeffirello's production he's he's got the full you know he, he's 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 got the three-piece suit of the day on and yeah. and, and uh, the the um, the trappings of office he was he was important but he didn't lose sight of what faith was no no, he stayed mm-hmm. curious, and, and but he still he still didn't always get. He, I think he was a little puzzled because yeah. I don't think he he did not he did not get the answer he was expecting. He kind of came in as we were starting to talk about. Well, what, what's missing from my checklist? What's missing from really my? Am enough. I making sure he, yeah. he's going? He wants to get right, and and, and you obviously he you obviously have the authority here. You're a man from God. Tell me more, you know, and and then in in and I, I won't repeat what I said a, some a few months ago, but Jesus instead gives him several rev- revelations, which um, in many ways uh, maybe go over his head a bit. Obviously, we see that he takes this to heart because he becomes an ally of Jesus later during his trial and and does assist with his with the with after he's placed in the tomb. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so so. But he gets all this stuff about being born of the reborn, and he said, "Well, yeah, what?" And and um, essentially, what what um, Jesus says to Nicodemus is that there's nothing about the law that I can tell you that you don't already know. But here's what I can tell you: you must be born again to, to enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again through the Spirit, and that can only be accomplished through me. Jesus says. Yeah. So, so there's, um, you know, which is, I'm sure, inc- as encouraging as it was troubling for, for Nicodemus to hear. Well, and then, and then Jesus, and, and this is critical for us as guys. You know, we can have fancy barbecues and roast pigs and build our own thing. We can have the coolest worship team out there. By the way, we have one of the most awesome music ministers ever in our church. I <laughs> love Clint immensely. Excellent. We can have a fantastic youth minister, and we do in Katie Massat. We can have great leadership from our education staff, Jeff Moran, David Gibson, and our pastor is just phenomenal as a preacher and as a pastor. But none of that matters without boiling down to one simple message, and the message is John 3.16. And... We keep trying to put all these other trappings around it. And instead of letting people see, hey, guess what? This is really all it is. 
that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. And that is the that is the boil down, cut it down mission statement of the church. You know, followed quickly by go forth and make disciples of all nations. But this is the seminal belief. This is the key to it all. And you know, it's John that wrote it. The guy who hung out with Jesus for three years. And this is, you know, if you look at leadership, one of the things you've got to do is put together a very quick, simple message that people can understand. This is Jesus' message. And what? So, as men, how are we going to reflect this? We have to have the love of the Lord in our hearts and we have to show it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Step up, step up well, on the plate. It, it starts with what Bill said. Mm-hmm. Be interested in, not interesting, too. And I think that's the right way. So you listen start, to start with you that. Listen to people. You pay attention to what's on their hearts, right? You give mm-hmm. them time, which it's very hard to get somebody to listen to you today, right? To spend time with you, or to listen to your needs and wants. That's one of the ways, right? Is that? And, 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 and another thing is, uh, well, actually, it's two concepts. Um, be present in what's going on and care. I can't tell you how many times I've had to, and, and, and I'll, uh, I'll convict myself right here. When I'm talking to somebody, my mind is wandering. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I, I kind of have to pinch myself, oh, okay, come back and focus on what they're saying and actually care. Well, I'm, I'm going to take it one step further than that, yeah. too. We all have them on the table right now. Well, I don't see mics. Everybody else does, though. Oh, there's Mike. Oh, okay. Oh, he's got his phone. Yeah, we all have our phones. No, we got to the phone. I thought you were talking about uh, the Bible. We all have these great little devices right. that are fantastic. I mean, I've talked about my Bible app. I love my Bible app. You know, and right. other things we do, we're, you can find all of us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, right. Facebook, SoundCloud, all of that. But how many times have you walked into a place... And there's two guys sitting there, and they're at a restaurant, and they're across from each other, and they both got their phone out. Well, you, I don't know if you've run into this. This is what um, I've heard that we've gotten, the, and let's blame the millennials, that the younger people have gotten so not used to, so away from talking to each other, they will, be, they will sit together That's right. and, and, and text back and, back and, forth. and yeah. forth. I have not seen it. It's not the millennials. Okay, it's, is, it, it, is it's it the Gen Z, the next one. Which is the, next the ones one from, not, depending on where you date it, roughly 1995 forward. Mm-hmm. And that particular group, they're Gen Z. The other name that's used for them is Digital Native. Because most of them never lived without it. have not lived not only without a cell phone, but without a smartphone. Phone. phone and so they are they yeah and that is the truth yeah I've mm-hmm. seen some of those articles and <laughs> frankly it scares me <laughs> right, right, right. but but it it's 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 going beyond and making that human connection with people that's the first thing because the thing is and I had some pastor friends that talked to me and he said you can't just come there are people that have the gift of evangelism Right. And those particular, Earl Lloyd has it, by the way. Oh, no question about it. No question. Earl can come oh, up yeah. to you and start talking about Jesus Christ, and he didn't know you from Adam from day one, and you'll, right. for, you will listen to him. Right. I do not have the gift of evangelism. Yeah. I have to get to know people. You have to earn the right for the gospel to be heard. How do you earn the right for the gospel to be heard? Be interested in them. Then you start moving forward to where you can present this simple message. It's not about how much you give to the church. It's not about being here every Sunday. It's not about coming on Ash Wednesday and getting a little blacky thing on our face. It's, It's about that simple message, knowing that Jesus Christ came and all you have to do is believe in what he did and his work on the cross to be saved. And that is the seminal message of this. And I don't know if this is Mennonite doctrine or not, but I'm just going to throw it out. 
that born again was to me equivalent of major change. Yes. Jesus going from being just a good guy to somebody that you worship. And that's a big step for people. Well, to me, born again means repenting of your sins and turning it into a new direction to follow Christ. To follow Christ. Right. It is. Absolutely. Well, that's, I, mean, I think the same both sides of the same coin there. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, it's that whole idea of transition. We, we, we've yeah. kind right. of yeah. seen it. We, I mean, we, we get even the things that are... John's writing in chapter 1. I mean, we have John the Baptist says, I'm baptized. He virtually sets it up when he says... John the Baptist says, I'm baptizing you with water. He will baptize you with, with the right. Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus says here. That, that, and, uh, and, and yes, it's part of the, it's part of the transition. And, and, but really, that's, they're, they're, that's what John, the Gospel of John, is all about. He's not just a nice guy. There's authority here. He's not just a right. a teacher. I mean, he's, he's it's it's ironic that that's how Nicodemus comes to him. He addresses him as rabbi, as teacher. But he's not Jesus. It, Jesus has wisdom certainly about that. But he's it's not about it's not about teaching. And, and what there is about teaching, that's the, where the authority is coming from. He's not just another philosopher. He's he's got that authority behind him, and and you go back to we go back to we were talking about earlier unchristian the 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 Johnson book yeah. that's that's where the Christianity gets its power because yes. because yes. this is he's saying this is how God sees the world I, and and Jesus is there and I think even more important in this and 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 again I, I always like to talk to this about religion this is a rescue mission this is not. Sodom and Gomorrah. He is coming down and saying, I am here to save you. And oh, that's a great comparison. And, and I am here to say, and, 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 and he says, I am here to say, I, God loved the world. God is not, you know, this isn't, you know, maybe that's he got great. tired of the world in Genesis and wanted to redo it in, with the great flood. And yes, Sodom and Gomorrah got wiped out. But no, now, now he's here. I, God, through Jesus saying, God loved the world, cosmos. That's the world that the Greek word was used. I'm here to save it. Just, just, just get on board, and that's it. <laughs> get on board, and and I, and the Holy Spirit will begin to do the rest. Let, let me, you know, let me do it. And, and and there's there's nothing there's nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the hard. That's the other part of the thing. There's really nothing else to do there. But that's what that's what John says. Um, it's un, un, it's it's undeniable. You, know, you can ar- again, as I said, you can argue with it. You can choose not to believe it. But this is what John says. This is what Gospel of John says, and this is what Jesus says in the Gospel of John. He's not a wise man. He is the God. incarnate God. God. <laughs> yeah. See, that's yeah. the difference. That's the difference between. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's a very. A uh, that's the difference between a very eloquent speaker that everybody appreciates and enjoys, and then someone who actually has the juice. Mm-hmm. Someone like the owner. Someone, when, when you're in a manager's meeting and all of a sudden the owner comes in, the man who writes the check and can write the check, but can also cancel the check too. Okay? That's the guy with the juice. And that's exactly what is happening here. Nicodemus is, is way up there. But he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the goods. And he recognizes, though, that Jesus does. Yeah. He is God. We're getting down to the, uh, to the end of this podcast, the source of eternal life. I want to go around the room and just get uh, some final comments uh, from the fellas just want to make sure you know, uh, we have an awesome 100th podcast coming up. I don't want to reveal all the uh, special uh, special things that we have planned, 
because I really don't know them. But but I'm sure there we'll are. It out. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some, and we got a few weeks to figure it out. So we want to invite everybody to hey, just throw up some comments on our Facebook page. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. You can get a hold of us, and we'll be more than happy to uh, to consider uh, whatever you might want to put on there. And with that, go around the room one more time and get a summary on this lesson, and maybe even what you want to throw in or take away from uh, this Ash Wednesday service that uh, that we observed as well. So, uh, I want to go ahead and start out with the judge. I thought so. <laughs> where, where, do I, where do I find these ashes that you guys have on? Right, right. <laughs> oh, you missed the service. I, I feel left out. <laughs> right. Got here late. So That's right. Yeah. I might get, get some dirt up here and <laughs> put it on there. Make some mud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> look like they have ash on me. Uh, great lesson. I mean, it, it's just tremendous because uh, Jesus tells Nicodemus, I am the light of the world. Now, People I hear, again, all the time I hear, well, Jesus condemned the world, and Jesus judges, and how can you judge me? Jesus says, I didn't judge you, you judge yourself. I came in to bring the way to heaven to you. I, I am the light of the world. When you choose not to follow me, like you said, then it's your choice that you like darkness better than light. And of course... Uh, Jesus is leading them to the to eternal life a very, very simple way, and that's through himself. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I think what what brought me to Christ uh, was I visited church when I was 19 years old, and some kids were there, and they invited me to go out with them after church on a Sunday night, and uh, uh, the kids had fun. I mean, absolute honest fun. Now, you talked about being with your dad when you had barbecue and Bill, you shared about your dad so many times on the pig farm and uh, how much you respect him and the, and the men that were in the church you guys would visit and you'd visit with your dad. And I can tell you, I just, I enjoyed the people so much and I knew they had something I didn't have. I was 19 years old at that time and that's what drew me to Christ. And that's what I saw it in my, I said, okay, Lord, if you're really real, show me. And he did. It took about two weeks. Started reading the Bible, and he showed me himself. Now, before I stop talking, I have to tell you all something. There's a little plaque on the wall up here that I've been reading uh, <laughs> that is that's cute. And and what it tells you, it's changing subject just a little bit of it. It says, "Doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it alive and moving." And folks, there's nothing wrong with having doubts in Christ. We all sometimes wonder why something happens to a friend of ours or our children or things like that. Talk about it, pray about it, and seek the Lord's leadership in it. And that's what I did, that's what so many of us have done, and we've shared this in our Sunday school classes, and that's why we're here now at the podcast, because we want to look at the Scripture from an honest point of view that's not addressed in church and many times by the preacher. Excellent. Professor, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read uh, verses 19 through 21, kind of the end of this again. And this is the judgment that the light is coming to the world, and the people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it, that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. And I, I'm just going to kind of finish with what I started with. During Lent, we've got 40 days, not counting Sundays. I always forget that it doesn't count Sundays until Pastor Davey mentioned it this evening. Take some time and reflect that as a man, as a man, what are you going to do to really move your faith and the faith of people around you. Take some time and reflect on that to discover how you're going to share the fact that God gave his son so that everyone can believe. Excellent. Steve? You will not find the words personal relationship with God in the Bible. 
Yeah, here, we, we, we rag on all denominations, only rag on some of the evangelicals a bit. You hear that a lot, your personal relationship with God, how did you come to it? But we do have an illustration in this story. Uh, Nicodemus seeks one. He seeks to know Jesus personally. Uh, he's seen him at the temple, heard him a bit, uh, heard about him, the buzz we talked about. He goes out and... and Again, we have in John's Gospel here uh, the light and the dark contrasted, the darkness. Uh, Nicodemus personifies the, the prophecy, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And that's where Jesus meets him. And that's where Jesus will meet, that's where Jesus met me. He will meet you in the darkness. He will not, he will, he, you, you, all you have to do is basically Take one step towards seeking him out, and 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 he'll be there. Uh, it's not there are not a lot of checklists to go through. There are not a lot of you know you don't need out your your car or your braces off, um, and th so that's that to me is the is the is the significance here. Uh, that in the rescue mission we talked about, but really it's it, it's all about just even sometimes checking this guy out. I'm intrigued. <laughs> What, what can he say to me? When you accept the Lord, you go through the door. Your faith journey begins. There's souls are littered around the door because they question, but they never saw it. They never knocked. They never asked. They never accepted. You're laughing. You're ready. They don't. You, you don't have to knock, according to. It's not you that you have to knock. But no, but like he you. knocks. He's at the door knocking. That's right. Open the door. That's right. And <clears throat> you start that journey. You become a different person. It is promised. Yeah. It was that way for me. I just, I just always believed, and my curiosity just kept me going from there. This has been podcast number 94. <clears throat> this is Man Up. We're six away from the very special number 100 podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook at, at man-up, so if you have a question or comment, you can go ahead and post it there. If you're curious about podcast number 78 and see if Mr. Steve Titch plagiarized anything that I said or anybody else, because it's the same person, go ahead and listen to that. That's on SoundCloud. We invite each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Want to make sure that you look for a adult Bible fellowship, commonly known as a Sunday school class. And if you're a man, find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.